Hi, your Movie Hour listeners. This week we wanted to try something a little different. So instead of our usual format, picking a specific show or movie and dissecting it into oblivion, we had a special guest drop by the studio and we asked him, what have you been watching lately that's been impactful for you? We'd love to sprinkle these kind of interview episodes throughout our other episodes in the future. So please check out this episode and let us know what you think. Also, here's a helpful tip we want you to know about. We discuss a wide variety of shows and movies on this podcast, and if you have questions about the content of a show or movie before you watch it, check out the Internet Movie Database, or imdb.com. Each listing for a movie or show has a parent's guide, um, and it gives you a rundown of you know, whatever adult content might be in that movie or show, like violence, language, nudity, drugs, alcohol, etc. If that's something that's important to you, check it out. We will link to IMDb in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be discussing a show that deals with mature content, so viewer discretion is advised. And with that, here we go. I'm Johnny. I'm Heather. And I'm Eric. And this is your movie hour. This is a special community edition of Your Movie Hour because today with us we have someone who who actually epitomizes one of the things that Your Movie Hour values most and and that is community, connecting people from disparate places and bringing us together to talk about the film and television uh, that intersects our life in meaningful ways. So tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm Eric Jean-Baptiste. I'm currently living in Berrien Springs, uh, finishing up my undergrad, and hopefully with that being done, we'll apply to attend the seminary. Awesome. Woot. Yeah. Very good. And so uh, how do you usually uh, spend most of your time these days? Oh, well, if I'm not doing schoolwork or hanging out with my wonderful, awesome wife, uh, I'm usually hanging out with my son, who I have to take care of as well, who's four years old and is... Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, awesome. yeah. He's he's a cute, amazing, social, beautiful boy. And uh, I'm usually teaching him and watching him grow up. Wow. That's phenomenal. I was going to I was gonna say, uh, and probably recording your podcast. That's well, probably one of the top <laughs> things, too. But now yeah. that you've mentioned your son, I can't... I feel like we can't even talk about it. <laughs> Well, no, the podcast is doing great. It's awesome. He he loves to be a part of it too. Oh, uh, yeah, one of the promo videos is actually him asking people to listen to it. So oh, great. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Uh, go ahead and tell us our listeners a little bit about your podcast too. Oh, okay, yeah, it's called Youth Ministry and Mentorship One Hundred and One, where we really talk about mentorship, youth ministry, uh, engaging with youth and young adults today in the Seventh Day Adventist context. And uh, a lot of the guests are youth directors, youth pastors, and just youth that need to have their voices heard. So I enjoy doing that. So That's great. That's phenomenal. We, uh, we have not heard it yet, but we will definitely check it out oh, after, yes. after this uh, recording session. Oh, yes. Please check yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you've got your podcast. How did you, amidst school and parenting and recording your own podcast, how did you come to be a part of our community on Facebook and get connected with your movie hour? Well, I love listening to podcasts and checking out other fellow Adventist content creators. 
And one day Caleb just posted, hey, check out this podcast. And that's directed towards me. I always check out podcasts. So I said, hey, I'm going to check this podcast out. And I was like, oh, this is the podcast I have been waiting for. (laughs) Talking about movies and television shows from the viewpoint of Adventists. I was like, yes, please, more. Yeah, it's something that we uh, we were kind of waiting for, too. So we just decided to do it. <laughs> that seems like a perfect segue to me, too, because that is exactly what I wanted to get into next, which is for you, Eric, what is a movie or a television show that's come out recently that's really had um, a big impact on your life? Uh, right now, I've been thinking a lot about The Boys that just came out on Amazon um, We've heard a bit about that from others as well. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really interesting because uh, I love superheroes, uh, Marvel, DC, and all these great shows about those heroes. And The Boys is basically a deconstruction mm. of superheroes and seeing what today's society would do if there was actually superheroes mm. is what I think The Boys really goes into so Mm -hmm. it's interesting seeing that so so the premise of the show you you sort of alluded to it what today's society would do if superheroes were around yeah uh can you describe it a little more just in case maybe some of the listeners haven't interacted with it yeah it's it's basically about a show about superheroes who are basically they're they're part of a corporation and whenever they, they it it's a big corporation that it makes millions and millions of dollars uh, entertainment movies comic books merchandise and these superheroes are basically their 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 biggest attraction to that corporation and they basically monetize everything mm-hmm. about them so when they save the day it it they actually do product placements after they save somebody's <laughs> life and and it's just so interesting to to see that and not only that they have private lives that the the corporation has to hide from people's mm-hmm. viewpoint because they've been raised to be these powerful beings yet never been really trained to be moral mm-hmm. and ethical so they have all this power and no responsibility so mm. <laughs> it's like anti-Spider-Man. So so a lot of like ambiguities that, that oftentimes aren't fleshed out in the traditional superhero, maybe not in the in the comics. In the comics, I think they go a little deeper, but in many of the, the more popularly accessed uh, television shows or, or movies where it really is like, save the day, everyone's happy. Yes. On we go. Yeah, it, it, it's so interesting to see the contrast between... Um, the person they created to be like Superman, which is his character's name is Homelander. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about him is he has no alter ego. He is Homelander. And that's because he was trained to be Homelander. He was raised to be Homelander. And he has none of the things that Superman would have that really make Superman such an attractive superhero, like uh, compassion, the the caring for society and people wanting to have relationships homelander has none of those qualities so it's Mm. very interesting to look at it man okay okay so uh great recap 
uh, that's a, that's great setting the tone. So you said you've been thinking about it a lot. It's been on your mind a lot. Um, why? I think it, 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 what the reason it gets on my mind a lot is because a lot of times we watch movies and shows and we, we see this, the world in such a great light and things are always happy endings and Mm. which is really nice. But sometimes I think we need to be reminded of how bad it can be in this world. And the boys really kind of highlights it because if they really were superheroes, I think they would be treated this way. In fact, if you really pay attention, it is this way because Disney, you know, wonderful companies, but... (laughs) They're making money off of us watching their shows. Yes. So if if they really if superheroes really did exist, these corporations would like try to monetize them and make them like if Superman existed, I can imagine Coca-Cola going up to him saying, Hey, could you like drink this Coke on this television screen? You know? Oh yeah. So, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, cele- we treat celebrities very similarly. Like they're superheroes. There's something different about them. That's why they are popular and they have money and they're successful and all these things and people are always trying to get endorsements from them and uh i'm sure a lot of them have private things in their private lives that they don't want to get out or their their agent doesn't want to get out or or things like that we live in a culture that's very exploitive of everyone not just celebrities but even all the way down to the little guy yeah yeah Yeah, how can we use your data in our social media (laughs) you who is just a peon in our system mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and it's interesting because even their origin stories were crafted to market to certain demographics mm. yeah like there's a another superhero because the main group there's other groups in the comic but in the boys there's a the main group they're called the seven and they're kind of like the justice league Mm. or the avengers Mm -hmm. and as you know those are big blockbuster movies they are marketed the same way so you have homelander who's the leader who's a male um in his late 20s and you have uh queen mave who's like the wonder woman the strong powerful woman you have starlight starlighter who is a young adult you know early 20s and you know it's like the heartthrob is there so they're they're reaching all avenues you know a train african american mm-hmm. african american community so they're trying to reach everybody so everyone buys their 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 merchandise and all that stuff mm-hmm. so it's like you very know, calculated yes calculated interesting yeah so how has it impacted you so it it going along in the vein of realizing that every, a lot of it a lot of our world today is marketing hmm. a lot of things that we're consuming uh news media it, uh, you're on your social media a lot of it is being marketed to you so it's it's something we have to really really be cognizant about and be aware of so that we don't fall into that trap of being, I would say, being like a pawn in the system of mm. 
just consuming what they want you to consume. I think mm-hmm. it's important to be a little bit different and have like come out of the matrix, if you will. Sure. sure <laughs> yeah. Unplug yourself <laughs> and start to see that, you know, even though these things may look great, we have to pay attention and really learn for ourselves. And I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, being a Christian you have to be aware of that. It's a lot. I, I've seen it a lot, especially in our denomination right now, mm-hmm. where we were raised to understand that this is the greatest denomination and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this great this denomination is awesome, and I love it, and I love being Seventh Day Adventist. But I think we have to be willing to let people discover on their own and yeah. disagree and find out what's the truth behind things. So. Absolutely, man. So, I'm I'm curious, and and this I I throw out not just to to Eric but to to Heather too, um. Like, what are practices that that you take on or that you've made a part of your life, um, to help you kind of rise above the fray, you know, to to get above, you know, you, you like you recognize like, oh man, I'm being marketed all these things. And I don't want to buy into that. So how do you keep from buying into it? You know, I mean, like, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. And it's yeah. a totally, um, totally different ballgame to actually put it into practice. Easier to say than to do, right? I mean, how do, how do we do this? Well, sometimes, honestly, I'm very aware that I'm a cog in the wheel of this system. Like, when I get... Instagram ads for something I love. I'm like, thank you, algorithm. <laughs> Even though uh, a lot of people I know who care a lot about privacy would be, uh, you know, flabbergasted and horrified. And sometimes when I'm thinking about it, truly I am, but other times it's convenient. Um, so I think part of it is at least being aware. Mm. I think it's really hard in how the world works today and how connected it is. And it's just nearly impossible to be offline nowadays. It's really hard to completely step outside of the of that system. But if you can at least think critically and be aware that you're a part of the system so that at some points you can realize when you're being exploited or when someone else is being exploited and you can say, well, I'm not going to partake in that. Mm. Um, but it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, just one of the ways. Yeah, it, I, I, I think the way I do it is I basically just research myself and also connect to other people because I think the way to to unplug from the system is to meet people, have relationships, start learning from other people, and grow. Mm. If I think if you read, um, write meet people, talk to people that I think what the system doesn't want you to do is grow Mm -hmm. and learn and become better. And when you do those things, then you start to question and you start to go against the system. And when you, and going back to the boy, that's what happens with uh, starlighter. I would say she starts to understand and she, she starts off as a naive character. Then she starts to be enlightened. So I think it's, and it's it's when she starts having relationships. It's start, when she starts meeting the people, starting to see the reality of things. And I think that's what we have to do. Mm. If we just 
really stop being in our own bubble and go out and meet people, mm. conversate, read, you'll be at a level where you'll be understanding of what's ha- happening and not being deceived or tricked into yeah. something else. Man, I, uh, um, that's, that's so beautiful, Eric. I love it. It was actually, I was in, um, I was in, uh, Berrien Springs in Michigan, uh, some time ago when I, when I first saw a documentary about fast fashion, uh, for example, and how like clothes are, are produced so quickly and how the way that those uh, clothes are produced so quickly, um, the clothes that are marketed to us, right? The way that they're produced so quickly um, is, is sweatshop workers, you yeah. know? And so it was through um, watching a documentary, but I wasn't, I didn't just watch the documentary. I watched the documentary because a faith group, a faith community chose to show that documentary and it was one that I had friends in. It was one that I had taken part in. They chose to show it. I went and saw it. We dialogued about it as a group afterwards. And I became aware of, um, what many of the companies that I see ads on YouTube or, you know, on commercials in in between television shows, which I never watch unless I'm at a hotel on actual Mm -hmm. TV anymore. But you know, when you see those, those advertisements, um, you know, like, so it was, it was through talking with people. It was through, um, becoming aware of the humans. Um, even though I don't actually have relationships with maybe some of the people who are working in sweatshops in Indonesia or something, you know, some other country, Malaysia, um, other countries around the world. Um, I became aware of that. And then that encouraged me to, to think outside an interesting follow-up to that is one of the biggest, most well-known companies that does fast fashion is like declaring bankruptcy, and that's Forever 21. Because as we've started to talk more about fast fashion, and as unfortunately several um, disasters have happened at factories um, that was reported on in the media, people in not just younger age demographics, but I think Forever 21's um, main buying demographic is young people. They've said, you know what? I don't want to be a part of the system as much. And it's created this issue for Forever 21 where they're not making enough money and so they had to declare bankruptcy. But it's actually creating change because we're starting to have these conversations and um, like you said, Eric, earlier, when you when you move outside of your bubble and you start talking to people who maybe have different perspectives than you, maybe they have different experiences, it allows you to see a bigger picture. And that is just so powerful when you can look at your life and think critically about it. What do I believe? Why do I believe it? Why do we do things the, the way that we do? Man, one other one other practice that came to my mind as I was thinking about this, and this is this is a practice that is deeply rooted in um, the faith community that I'm a part of, though I haven't really thought about it in this way, but is this practice of, of taking a day in the week and using that day to step away um, from from the stream, I guess, the the water that we spend the rest of the week in. Um, the Bible has this this uh, passage. It says, you know, six days you should labor and do all your work, but 
one day, the seventh day, you know, take that, take that day and, and be different protest against the broken systems that, that chain you into, um, maybe slavery that you're not even aware of. Mm. Um, and, and decide that your life is going to be different. Um, decide that you're not going to be caught up in economics in how to, how to make another buck, um, how to, how to get one over on somebody else, um, so that you can keep a few extra bucks. Um, you know, take time to, to connect with people, um, to, to read deeply, to think deeply. And man, like that's, that's what this concept of Sabbath is really all about, um, in my faith community. And sometimes, we don't think about it that way. Sometimes I haven't thought about it that way. I haven't thought about it as a, as a protest against a system that's oppressing me. Mm. Sometimes even in my life, I've thought about it as a system that oppresses me, mm. if I'm honest, yeah. um, because I can't do stuff that I want to do. Um, that was how I approached it for, for some time in my life. But um, I think as I've, as I've grown and as, I've, um, as my perspective has shifted a little bit, it's become um, more of a, um, a period of freedom in my life, uh, yeah. the space between the sentence, um, the sentences of my life that, that gives me that room to breathe. And man, that's a, that's an awesome thing. Definitely. Earlier today, I was feeling super frazzled. I work from home. And so some days I roll out of bed and, you know, have my jammies on and work and start doing emails and stuff. And it's just a busy season for work for me right now. And, um, it was maybe like three o'clock in the afternoon. I had a ton of stuff I needed to get done by the end of the work day. Um, and I was just feeling so kind of burned out and frazzled and tired. And I didn't feel like I could take a break to walk around the block, but I did. I put my stuff away and I think I even left my phone at home and I took our dog and I walked around and I, it was just such a breath of fresh air. And, you know, we're talking about systems that are kind of oppressive and exploit us and um, just try to, to keep us productive and, you know, like we're machines. But sometimes just even our day and the way that our days are structured, something as small as I got to get this project done at work, sometimes that can you know, keep us kind of under the thumb. And so this phrase, you know, stop and smell the roses yeah. is like super cliche. And we're like, oh yeah, smell the roses, whatever. But that can, even that can be a little bit of a protest. And it allowed me to kind of step outside of my busy day where I was really stressed out. And I just felt better. I was like, you know, I will get done what I get done. It's not the end of the world. Mm. Things are not going to blow up. I'll just take it as it comes. And, you know, it was like maybe 10 minutes of my day. And it was really refreshing. And as someone who is, like, very focused on getting things done, it's really hard for me to take that break sometimes. But it made a huge difference to kind of step outside the system of my busy day. Wow. Eric, oh, oh, did you want to? Yeah, I also think sometimes uh, the way I do it also is uh, I – Put my stuff out there. I, I I let my voice be heard. I speak up. I while people are being exploited, I talk about being free from being exploited. I, I talk. I I pour into young people. I I empower them. I let them know that they don't have to be part of a system that they don't want to be a part of. That they can be different. That they can feel 
that they if they have the, the feeling and the ability to be something amazing, something different, then do that because that's what God wants us to be. We mm-hmm. want us, He wants us all to be unique. So there's another way. Like yes, you tell them there's another way. Yes, yeah. So Eric, where can everyone find you if they want to connect? Uh, yes, you can find me on Instagram. And once you find me there, there is a link tree in my bio, which brings you to everywhere. The podcast, Facebook page, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. <laughs> so it's all there. You got it all. <laughs> yes, it's all there. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Producer's note, it's youth underscore mentor 101. So go follow Eric. Eric, this conversation has been so rich. And I just want to, I want to thank you for traveling across the country (laughs) for the sole purpose of meeting us and being in this room for 25 minutes uh, to record this. Gracing Um, us with your presence. Gracing us with your presence. Really, I mean, it's, it's so cool, but um, we're just kind of serendipitous actually that Eric ended up being here in the same space so we could share it and have this time together. But so cool how... Um, you know, the springboard of something that we value, something that um, is really deeply integrated into our lives can can become a, a uh, launch pad for yes. really valuable conversation. And yes. so thank you. Uh, f- and to all of you who are listening, um, we hope that you join us and Eric uh, in our Facebook group and that we can continue the conversations together.